Over the past few weeks, we've been talking about rediscovering Jesus, getting to know not only who he is, but getting to know him in a personal and an intimate way. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, and just keep your Bibles open, if you would, to that passage. When Jesus died, he died alone. Everyone abandoned him except his mother and the Apostle John. And then just a short time later, after all of these had abandoned him, all of a sudden, there they were again. They returned. You soon find them preaching boldly in the the marketplace in spite of opposition, in spite of persecution, threat of imprisonment. And this is how they lived the remainder of their lives. In fact, the majority of them, almost all of those early disciples, apostles, died as martyrs. What made the difference? What changed them from cowards to being courageous? Two reasons. The first one, and we're going to look at the second in a minute and spend some time there, but the first is this, and I would like to just put this up on the screen there. The primary reason for the radical transformation in the lives of the early apostles is that they had a first-hand face-to-face encounter with the risen Christ. You see, he was alive, then he was dead, dead, and now he's alive again. They realized that if he could conquer death, then there was absolutely nothing that the world could do to them that could stop them in any way. He was their leader. He was in control of it all. For 40 days after the death and resurrection of Jesus, he appeared to his followers countless times. He continued to teach them kingdom principles. He talked about what was to come. And then, right before their eyes, he ascended into heaven. Among the last words that he spoke to his disciples was the mission that he had given them. He told them to preach the gospel all over the world and make new disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then to teach them to follow all the things that he had taught them. And then he said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, the last part of that verse, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Surely I am with you how long? Always. So... My question to you is, where is Jesus today? Scripture tells us physically he's seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. But the amazing thing is he is with us as well, right here with us in this building right now. Not just in memory, not just metaphorically, but in a very real and literal sense. He is with us. That means that you can encounter His presence every day of your life, every moment of your life, because He is with you always. And so today, I want to talk with you and just share a couple of simple ways that you can encounter, that you can personally experience the presence of the risen and living Jesus Christ in your life every day. First of all, You encounter His presence through the filling of the Holy Spirit. You encounter His presence through the filling of the Holy Spirit. Before Jesus ascended back into heaven, He told His disciples to stay in Jerusalem and wait there until they were clothed with power from on high. Listen to what He said in Acts chapter 1, verses 5 and 8. 
In a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that's exactly what happened to those disciples. Jerusalem at that time was filled with visitors from all around the world. They were there to celebrate what we know as the the Feast of Pentecost. It was a major Jewish holiday. The disciples at that time were gathered in an upper room and they were praying. And then suddenly a sound like a mighty rushing wind filled the entire house. And flames of fire rested above each of those disciples as they were praying. And all of a sudden they began to speak in in languages that they had never learned. As they moved out into the streets, people were just blown away by what was going on. And and they heard them praising God in, in their own native tongues. And they asked, how is it that these uneducated Galileans, and that's like saying these hillbillies, Uneducated. How in the world were they speaking our language? And the Apostle Peter stood up, took advantage of the moment, and he began to preach before that crowd. And before the day was over, 3,000 people accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and were baptized. Jesus had said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you or when you receive the Holy Spirit. And that's what happened at Pentecost. And friends, that's what's happening in the life of the church today. Now remember when I said there were two reasons to explain the disciples' radical transformation. The first, from being cowards to abandoning Jesus to becoming bold and courageous and willing to die for Jesus. The first reason is they encountered the living Christ face to face. But secondly, they experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is where we receive the power to live the Christian life. Before Jesus died, he told them that he would send the Holy Spirit to dwell with them. Listen to John chapter 14, verse 15. I will ask the Father, and he will give another counselor to be with you how long? Forever. The spirit of truth. And then he went on to say in verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will come to you. I want you to underline that, not necessarily in your Bible, but in your minds. Jesus is saying that to be filled with the Holy Spirit is literally to be filled with his presence. I will come to you. I will be with you is what he was saying. When we talk, and some of you will remember when you were young and, and you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and people said, well, now Jesus is living within you, and we talk about him being in our heart and our life, we are simply saying that Jesus comes to dwell in your spirit through his spirit, the Holy Spirit. For this reason, you don't need to pray to a God who is millions of, my, uh, millions of light years out there on the other side of the universe. You pray to a God who is right here, right now, right with you today. You know, I often remind myself throughout the day, for example, when I'm in the car, I'm not alone. He is here. When I'm in my study, I'm not alone. He is here. When I'm surrounded by people who are not that all excited about being with me, I'm not alone. He is here. You see, He is here through the presence and ministry of His Holy Spirit who dwells in your spirit. 
This is why I believe that we need to ask God every day to fill us, to control us, to empower us, to direct us with His Spirit so that we can fully experience the presence of God in our lives. We encounter the the presence of Jesus, first of all, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But there's a second way that I want to share with you how you can encounter the Holy, encounter Jesus' presence in your life. It's through being involved in the community of believers. Being involved with the community of believers. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. How many of you know that we have more than two or three here today? You're sharp. Yes, we do. And and it doesn't take that many to have a, a gathering. Just two or three is all it says. And whenever we come together, and I want you to get that, whenever we come together with God's people, we can be absolutely sure that He is with us right there. A number of years ago, I I was involved in uh, speaking at a worship event. And as we were planning the details for that conference, a couple of the people um, in leadership used an interesting phrase. They said, we'll do this or we'll do that, and let's see if God shows up. And let's see if God shows up. They said that two or three times, and, and finally said, I'm, you know, I, I know I'm being nitpicky here, because I realize that that's just a phrase that people use in church all the time. But you know, if there's any doubt that God is going to show up, we might, as, might need to cancel our plans. I mean, think about it. We use that phrase, and people use that phrase all the time, but the problem is that phrase is unbiblical. It's not theologically strong, and we shouldn't use it. When we come together, friends, God is going to show up. Jesus will be here among us. It's a guarantee. It's right here in the Word. He is here. Say that with me right now. He is here. Turn to someone right now and say, He is here. Just do that. How many of you are not here? There's a phrase I love from the King James. It's Psalm 22.3. It says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. And friends, that's as true today as it was back when David wrote those words. God inhabits the praises of his people. I love that concept. God inhabits the praises of his people. Think about that. When the community of faith comes together in His name, He joins the party. He is here. And by the way, uh, that's why praise through music and worship is so important when we come together. I've done a lot of teaching on this in the past, and we don't have time to deal with it here today. But when God's people come together and worship Him through music and through praise and worship like that, He manifests His presence. In other words, you'll begin to see signs and wonders. You'll begin to see His power released and His gifts released. I've been in services where there was no preaching. There was just worship and praise, and people's lives were changed, not just spiritually, but physically. I've seen him do healings through those things. It's amazing. It's so important for God's people to come together and worship him and praise him. You know, we don't have to wonder 
whether he's going to show up. We don't have to wait for him to, to come. We just have to acknowledge his presence right here, right now. That's why when you feel like you're far away from Jesus, you know, you know what we have a tendency to do when we feel like we're away from God? Keep getting farther away from God. You know what we ought to do? We need to get together with other believers. The best thing that you can do is find a church and go. Have a service. How many does it take to have a church service? Two? Three? That's all. Just get together and worship the Lord and you'll be amazed. He will be there. And how many of you know if He's there, something good is going to happen? It'll happen, my friends. So first of all, we encounter the presence of Jesus through the infilling of His Holy Spirit. Secondly, we encounter Him through the fellowship with other believers. And thirdly, we encounter His presence through those who need our ministry. Through those who need our ministry. Jesus said that on the final day of judgment, there were going to be those to whom He would say these words. Matthew chapter 25 Verses 34 through 40. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came and visited me. When the righteous, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison, or go to visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did, and I love this, For one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Whenever you did any of these things, for one of these, the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. You know, we've seen before how often Jesus was moved with compassion when he came across people with needs. And we've seen what he expects us to do to pick up where he left off, reaching out to those in need. But this is where the plot thickens. You know, he said, in effect, when you minister to those in need, you're not just ministering to them, you're ministering to me as well. And it's not either or, or, but it's both and. Yes, you will minister to them, you'll meet needs in their lives, but you will also minister to me as well. Mother Teresa once said this about her mission in Calcutta. Every day, I see Jesus in all his distressing disguises. Incredible. Every day, she said, I see Jesus. I go out and I look for Jesus in all of his distressing disguises. There are going to be times, friends... And I'll guarantee you it's going to happen in every one of your lives this week when you're going to encounter a person in need. And you're going to have at your disposal the resources to meet the need in that person's life. Oh, it may be a dollar or two, a few dollars. It might be something as simple as a word of encouragement. 
It, it could be just spending some time with someone or giving them a ride somewhere. And you can think of a million different things. You may not recognize it at first, but Jesus will be present in that situation. And the compassion that you show to someone in need, you are literally showing that same compassion to Jesus Christ. Do you want to see Jesus? Do you want a personal encounter with the risen Christ? I'll tell you where you can find him. He's at a soup kitchen. Maybe you could go there and and feed him. He's at a busy intersection selling flowers to people who are driving by or maybe just that guy who's standing there with that sign made out of cardboard. Or he's in the home of a, an elderly woman who, who can't take care of her lawn anymore. She can't do the work around the house. Or you can encounter him in the person who has failed so many times and in so many ways that it seems no one could ever love him or her. And, and you can just reach out and tell them that you're thinking about them. Put your arm around them. You can encounter him in a person who has been tossed aside by the rest of society. I guarantee that every one of you will encounter Jesus Christ this week. No doubt about it. And he'll be disguised as one of the least of these. And as his followers, he's reminding you that when you reach out to them, you're not just reaching out to them, you are reaching out to him as well. Friends, Jesus Christ is alive today. This is one of the many things that makes him totally different from every other religious leader in the history of mankind. We're not here to talk and worship about a dead man, but to celebrate one whom death could not do anything to hold. His resurrection proves that he is who he said he is. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's through faith in Him and through following Him that we experience life. That we experience new life. That we experience His life lived in and through us. When you receive Jesus, it's amazing. He takes residence up in your life through the ministry of His Holy Spirit. Maybe you became a follower of Jesus years ago. So many years that... You've forgotten at times that He's right here with you right now. And maybe you forget sometimes to acknowledge His presence. I I think we all do that. But here's something that you can do so simply every day to experience the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. Simply make it a daily habit to acknowledge His presence. Here's what I do. When you wake up in the morning... Just remind yourself, He is here. When you go throughout your day, remind yourself, He's here. When you go to sleep at night, just before you shut your eyes, say, He is here. When you come to worship, remind yourself, He is here. When you see a person in need, remind yourself, He is here. By the way, that's His personal promise to each and every one of you. He is here. And surely I am with you sometimes, most of the time, when you get in a religious mood, when you open your body. No, I am with you always, even to the end 
of the age. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you can be sure that one thing is absolutely true. He is here. Now here's a question that I want you to ask yourself, but then I want you to answer as well throughout the day. How then will I respond to his presence in this moment? How then am I going to respond to his presence right now in this moment? I want to challenge you today. When you leave this service and you drive away and you head for home or wherever you are, to just look for someone who's in a disguise and say, Ah, you know, if I reach out to that person, if I meet that need, I'm going to be ministering to Jesus. And you know, when you minister to Jesus, you get close to Jesus. Um, One of the things that I do every week is uh, on Thursdays, uh, I'm involved in, in, in spending about half the day just giving food out to the needy in our community. And, and it's, it's, it's just, a, I love it. You know, it's kind of like I told someone, I, I get to spend time with real people. You know, I'm a pastor and basically I do the CEO stuff and all that. But, but I love to just put my arms around these people. And, and, you know, we don't let them get away without praying for them. And uh, it doesn't even matter whether they speak English or not. There's something that happens. When you take someone by the hands or just put your arms around them and you just tell them, You know, God loves you. And it's one thing for him to love you, but I care too. And you pray for their families. And you pray for them. And something amazing happens. And you know, when you look in their eyes, you don't see someone who uh, hasn't taken a bath, who may have a little bit of odor. You see Jesus Christ. And it's the most beautiful picture you can ever see. You know, I I really want to challenge all of us. You, me, all of us. To just open our eyes and allow God to just show us himself. And I'm going to just kind of anoint you right now to be spiritual detectives I want you to when you leave the service just go out and look for as many disguises of Jesus as you can find and then minister to them Holy Spirit we thank you that you've come and you're filling us with your presence and your power We thank you today for the body of believers and that when we come together like this, we don't have to question it. We don't have to perform. We don't have to be the best. We just have to acknowledge that you are here 
And that is the best. And then, Lord, help us to see those who are in need and realize it's not just them. Yes, we'll make a difference in their lives, but we also get closer to you. And that's our goal as well. And I pray that for each person here. Break down barriers that would keep us from reaching out to some that we might not feel comfortable with. And help us to realize that your covering will be upon us. And now, Lord, as we just kind of come to the end of this service, as we respond to you and worship you, we just pray that we would have a great time, whether kneeling at the altar or going over and uh, putting requests on a wall over there of hope or lighting a candle for someone who, whom we are praying for or meeting with someone over on one of the sides that will pray with us. We just pray that you would come fill this place with your presence and your power and your love. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.